On today's show, can the Dallas Mavericks take advantage of the Bucks and Hawks that are now eliminated and find their center? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. Now back to the Mavericks. NBA champion. He hit it. Burn! Burn! It's good. And the Mavericks have won the game. We don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show. Make it Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. Subscribe or follow for free wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section below, who should the Mavericks target in a trade this offseason? Name one player. Just give us one player. Could be one of the players on the teams we're talking about today. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. If you want to support the show, you want to go further in your Raccoon Squad devotion, help us out, keep us five days a week throughout the offseason, text us, get text alerts from us, subscribe to our subtext, click the link in the description below, or text the number on the screen, uh, or in the text the number in the description as well. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you supporting and joining me. As always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com. The eliminated Elon, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Don't call me Elon. Um, (laughs) I just responded to some text on subtext there. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Brian Olson, who uh, Brian uh, listens to our show every single day. Talked to him this morning, and I want to give a shout out to Brian. But um, speaking of players that you'd love to have on the Mavericks, Steph Curry would be nice. (laughs) <laughs> what what an all-time performance from Steph. Goodness. What a fun game seven. Sign me up for all game sevens that the Mavericks are not playing in. So like I can just watch and Oh enjoy. yeah. Well, the game set the last game seven the Mavs did play in was incredible. So I I'd sign me up for that one. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That one was the, the best of both worlds because it's it's your team's in it, and also it was over from the start. So you're like, okay, I already know what, what like the, how this is gonna end because it was the Mavs are up by the with uh, on the Suns. Like, is there any is there any part of you that's like halfway scared that that's gonna be like your like the peak Mavs fandom? For oh, the we're not. On today's show, on today's <laughs> show, we're going to talk about the Bucks and the Hawks, two teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs that uh, could go in, in different directions. We've been doing this every Monday where we go through teams that have been eliminated. We'll do a couple tomorrow as well and see if the Mavericks can take advantage of some of these teams that may want to go in a different direction. You think about where the Bucks are and you think about where the Hawks are and could they want to take a different direction? Can the Mavericks take advantage of that and all that? And then later on the show, we'll talk about the uh, coaching news. Mark Stein had a report that the uh, the Mavs are looking to add a new coach, an experienced coach on the on the bench after Greg St. Jean's departure. And so we'll talk about some of the candidates for that, what they bring, and all that kind of stuff. But let's start here. Milwaukee Bucks get eliminated. Number one seed in the entire NBA, and they're gone in the first round, which is wild. Giannis played in just, what, three games, two games? They lost both those games. And the post-game quote that gave talk shows content for a week for some reason. I think that's fine for him. Like, fine. that's fine for him as a mindset. But, 
that's not how people are going to view their their team at all. Like it was a it was a failure, right? The same way the yeah. Mavericks season was a failure. You can't Jason Kidd can say, "Hey, you know, we we did all this stuff throughout the season and, you know, we're not going to look at it as a as a failure until we miss the playoffs." That's what he said during the season. And then they did miss the playoffs, and you're like, "Okay, well then I guess now they're concerned. Now they consider it a failure." <laughs> You can try and look at it as different different ways that you can, but it was a failure. And so now with the map, now with the Bucks having this failure of a season, we are starting to look at what they could do in the offseason and what moves they'll make and what big moves they'll make. The one that everybody's talking about is Coach Bud, and that mm. is a move that, that may be made. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but we're going to spend some more time, I think, talking about the players. To me, I look at this team, they have $158 million in salary cap next year. The cap is what one thirty four, yeah, and they, that's not even include that one fifty eight number is not even in, con, con, including Rick Lopez, Jay Crowder, who they traded five second round picks for and didn't play barely at all in he that don't. series, which is wild. Javon Carter has a two point three million dollar player option. He just played pretty well, so he may be wanting to to cash in on that. And Chris Middleton has a forty million dollar player option that counts in that one fifty eight number that I mentioned, but. We have to, to talk about it because he could turn that down and want a bigger deal or something like that, uh, which could affect them. And so they're bringing this up because I've been talking about all these teams because there's a new CBA coming. There's a new collective bargaining agreement where these teams that are going to be in the, the second luxury tax level, the second apron, as they call it. If you're in that for two years in a row, you're just in absolute hell when it comes to draft picks and trades and exceptions and all that kind of stuff. Like you're just restricted in so many ways that I think some of these teams will want to save some money, especially if you have a disappointing season like this. So the Bucks could be looking to make some moves to avoid that next year to not do it two years in a row if they keep some of these guys. But when you first look at the Bucks, Isaac, what's the first thing you look at in, from a Mavs point of view? Can we do a coach trade? No, just kidding. Um, I look you, at it from. Would you do it? <laughs> Now, um, I can't think about that right now. I got, let me talk about the players. That's a lot. I'm curious what people say in the comments. Actually, that's that's so, an interesting question. Um, they got to figure out what what's go, what's going to happen with Chris Middleton. What is yeah. is changing out Bud the only thing that they're looking to change this summer? Because on a bigger scale, kind of in the same ballpark as. You know, Mavericks had expectations, not as high as the Bucks. They had expectations. It was a disaster. The Bucks had expectations going into the playoffs. It was a disaster in the first round. Like you can't, you were the odds on favorite to win the title. You lose in the first round. Yeah. There's a whole other, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Giannis health, all that stuff. But still, it's like, if you change up Bud, do you just roll the same roster back? So that's why I go back to Chris Middleton and say, like, you look at their big three. Giannis under contract for a while. Drew Holiday has one more year next year, like that 36, 37 million you know, mark. Then he has a player option after that. But Chris Middleton this summer, do they just re-up him, give him a massive contract and say, hey, we're just going to run this, you know, this big three back, try to bring back some pieces, maybe add some other pieces around the edges and say, hey, we've been a really good team before. It was just Giannis's health. Or do they entertain swapping Chris Middleton out for mm. better pieces around I say better pieces like multiple I shouldn't say better pieces because Chris Middleton is gonna be a better player do they look at swapping Middleton out for, for like depth. yeah for for depth and that's where if you're Dallas like I would be really interested in Chris Middleton both as like a sign and trade you know possibility and also if Kyrie walks as like one of the free agent you know chases that I would make too because I expect him to opt out 
whether he's going to go back to Milwaukee in a massive deal or not, he's probably going to opt out. And I just think he would be a good fit next to next to Luca. I think he would. I don't. Put, I wouldn't put it super high on my list. If if you're looking after Chris Middleton, I think that he's he's making forty million this year. And that's a lot for for his type of player. He's made the All Star yeah. team three times. He's never scored more than twenty points a game in a, in a regular season. Like he's played next to Giannis his whole career, uh, besides that first like, year in Detroit. And uh, like, he, like yeah, he's 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 been there. He's been the second fiddle, so he knows how to play that that role. But I don't I don't know if that's that's changing a lot for me. If you're going from Kyrie to all of a sudden, you know, 31 year old Chris Middleton, if you're feeling super, if you're feeling great about it, like, Oh, the Mavericks got okay. so much better. It is something that's a watch, but I'm not, that's not a target where I go, man, I'm like, I'm so pumped up about that move. If that happened, would you do Tim, Tim, Reggie, Maxi in the 10th pick for Middleton in, in the idea that they're keeping Kyrie. Uh, how far does a th- does a Luca Kyrie Middleton trio big three get yeah. you? I think that I think that trio does does really well. I still think you're struggling defensively, and then your depth. I mean, your depth is just toast. You have three yeah. players on the roster, and, and that's kind of it. Let me ask you this: If you land in the top four, you land pick three or pick four, would you trade it for Drew Holiday? The pl- the player. Yes, like you, like you think now, top top four. I don't I don't know I don't know I don't think so. He's okay. He's thirty. He's gonna be thirty three this summer. I'm not doing it for one so or two. Start. Probably not doing it for three. But if I landed at four, I'm thinking about it. You got to give me. A, I think you got to give me a little bit more than just Drew Holiday himself. Okay. But you're talking about the perfect player to play. Drew next Kyrie week. and and Luca. That's that's an incredible backcourt. Like you're <laughs> you're beating teams just on your backcourt. Um, but coming up, let's talk about uh, we'll talk about some of the Atlanta ones. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bucks because I want to talk about Brooke Lopez and mm. see if that's an option. He's an actual free agent this offseason. But coming up, we'll talk about Atlanta and all their their options as well. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can go check out and see what's available on Prize Picks and. Go see uh, what you can get. There's all kinds of different odds and and uh, and things that you can uh, put some money down on. Like for example, Celtics versus Sixers. No Joel Embiid. Jason Tatum, 28.5 points more or less in that game. Less. I think. Yeah, I'm going less because I don't think he's going to have to. James Harden, 22 and a half points more or less. Give me the more on that one. More. For sure. Give me more on that one for sure. Tyrese Maxey, 24 and a half. Whoa. Uh, that's that's a little high for me. I was I was interested in that one. I'll go more. Ooh, Tobias Harris, sixteen and a half. No, that seems low, but you can go you can go less on that one if you want to. Put down twenty bucks. If I put all four of those down, put down twenty bucks. I can win a hundred bucks. If I decide to put down a hundred bucks, I can win five hundred just in that one play. It's fun. Check it out. Use the promo code Locked On to get a hundred percent instant deposit match uh, up to a hundred dollars. Go check it out. Download the app or go to PrizePicks.com. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, being part of the show. Uh, Tomorrow's show, we're going to get into how the Mavs can benefit from the Kings, Grizzlies, and Clippers playoff exit. So if you're interested in these kind of discussions, come back tomorrow. And uh, we are five days a week all throughout the offseason, so we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Let's keep talking about the Bucs. So we're talking about Chris Middleton as a potential option. Uh, One of the other unrestricted free agents I'm really interested in, and I don't know if the Mavericks have ever been connected to this player before, but... 
Goran Dragic ha- is an unrestricted free agent from the, from the <laughs> I was honestly following you really good. I was like, oh, kind of setting up Brooke Lopez. Got him. Pretty good here. Got him. Guys, I got God him. Bless. I got him so hard. Uh, you did. You that's got one. That okay, that's one you have to go watch the watch the YouTube for just to see Isaac. <laughs> see Isaac's face slowly deflate when I. Like, I no, but honestly, I was sitting there racking my brain I'm like, has anybody written about Brooke Lopez Mavs? Like <laughs> when you were saying that, and I couldn't think of somebody. And... But Brooke Lopez, he's not signed next year. He's an unrestricted free agent. He is, you know, the type of center the Mavericks desperately need. He doesn't rebound that well, but he does affect rebounding. There have been studies and things and things on that in the past on how he rebound assist rebounding he can score himself which is is super helpful he's just such a and obviously he can shoot the three so he spaces the floor he defends the rim at an elite level spaces the floor at an elite level like that's just such a center that the mavericks need now he is 35 he just turned 35 in april but he's a free agent this offseason uh what's your thoughts on brooke lopez to the mavericks in some way shape or form i forgot he was 35 yeah that's that's scary for you know, a guy his size. I, yeah, I'm interested for a cheap price, but the problem is the, what the Mavericks have as a cheap price is like they're, whatever the, the exception they're going to have this off season. There's a world they could get the full MLE. They get the they get the full MLE. They they sign him for that, and then you, you're you're okay with that because like I don't know. <laughs> He's better than Javale. He's great. Oh, he's great. You're fe- if you sign him for the MLE as uh, for the Mavericks, you're feeling incredible about that because it would only be one year. Like you, you can't sign MLE for multiple years like that. So, uh, he's he made 13 million this past year. So that's not that's not too far off what he was making no. this past year. But he he was second runner up in Defensive Player of the Year. So I don't know if he's more valuable or not. But you're, that's one you're feeling really really good about if you're the Mavericks if you can get. Brooke Lopez, uh, if Brooke Lopez, and he has connections to Jason Kidd. We should point that out because he was, uh, he was there in LA. I'm pretty sure the one of the years with Jason Kidd. Don't remember that. Anyway, yes, I'd be interested in Brooke Lopez. I have a million Hawks thoughts and trades to go. Can we trade? He was not there the one year that that Brooke Lopez was in in LA, but he was not. All right, so let's take, transition let to the Hawks forward. because I want to say this right off the top. Every time I, I look at the Hawks roster, I'm like, how are they not better than what they are? Yes. It makes zero sense to me. And I can't help to look at it and say, if Luca had this roster, they'd be in the finals. I've said this several different ways. Is that the, the Hawks did everything Mavericks fans have asked the Mavs to do around Trey Young. The Hawks did. They drafted well. They hit on some draft picks. They had some higher picks that they were able to use. They, they had, signed. Well, yeah. They, they had s- some more shots at it, though. Like, but to- they got a John Collins with like a, a later pick. They got a. <laughs> they can't give him away. <laughs> but they signed him to that. I mean, he, he produces. like a, Yeah. He produces some some things <laughs> they went and, like they used they they signed guys in the offseason and now they had cam reddish now they're trying to get they did have cam reddish which is something <laughs> they went and traded for you know a backcourt mate for for him like another young all-star yeah they have a center they drafted another center like a kong was one they hit on that he wasn't yeah he's was, good he was the sixth pick good lord they yeah. this is the other thing is they've had high they've had some high, some high picks with trey young and that's the difference between the mavs and the hawks really it's a couple of couple of wins in your free agency and some things and then their higher picks. But when you look at the Hawks, this is a team I talked about on Friday a lot is I was looking at teams that could do a, uh, a Lakers type trades, so like a two for one or a three for one where the Mavericks just send salary to help that team clear up some space. And the Mavericks mm-hmm. send a pick 
and then that works for that Hawks team or the, whatever team receiving because they want to go a different direction. I'm not sure what the Hawks want to do. I don't know what Quinn Snyder wants to do with them. I'm sure they don't want to do what the Jazz did and just tear it all down like they did this past year. But uh, when you're looking at the Hawks, what what stands out with, to you? Well, it's even more than Quinn Snyder because, you know, they got new GM uh, in place or at least yeah, right. given Landry Fields more responsibility in it. And it's like you, you start looking at the roster. One, I do think they entertain Trey Young trade. So if they do trade rumors about that. Yeah. If they if they do trade Trey Young, then there's no telling where what direction the franchise goes. Right. And then you're looking at the future of DeJounte Murray and all that stuff. <laughs> Let's just for the sake of this, assume that they're keeping Trey they're going to resign DeJounte to a long-term deal because you don't make that trade without doing that. It's everybody else on the roster that I'm like, do they could trade any of these guys? <laughs> like, because there's young guys like a Kongwu, AJ Griffin, Sadiq Bay that they got in a trade, Jalen yeah. Johnson. Like those four guys are in the rotation playing. Don't see them really trading them, but it's the other four guys that you're like, Hey, I would be keeping, you know, the, the number of my phone for the moving company. DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Those four guys, any combination of those guys could be out of Atlanta. And like there's a world. Like they also have pick 15 too in the draft. Like there's so many different iterations of trades for Dallas that I would say, yeah. I mean, DeAndre Hunter's the first name that comes to my mind with it. He's under contract for four more years after this one. And I just think it would be an awesome fit in Dallas. Yeah, you look at the Hawks and you think, okay, $170 million on the books next year. <laughs> that is a lot. And they, they basically have everybody signed. They're, the only guys that are not signed are like uh, Trent Forrest. Do you like you remember Trent Forrest? Aaron Whoa, Holiday. Oh, the wave. Aaron, Aaron Holiday. Well, they just gave Bogdan the, the extension. And I don't know. It feels like some people I talk to are like, yeah, they just gave him that extension so they could trade him. <laughs> like. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well. So there, there's that. But they 170 million is a, is a ton. I mean, you're, you're way into the, the luxury tax then. With this new CBA coming up that I talked about earlier, they have $146 million in, in cap next year without DeJounte Murray. So they have to make some decisions. And one of those decisions could be Clint Capella. It's one of the ones the Mavericks should absolutely look at. And I, I think is, to me, if I'm just looking at options, maybe the most likely because they have cause to move him with the money yeah. and they have a replacement with, with a Kongu who's already there, who's, who's, who's doing well. And Clint Capella was, was great in their, you know, play in and all that kind of stuff. One of the reasons why they made it through the play in, but they have somebody to, to replace him. Who's younger and is going to have his own deal coming up. A Kongu is a restricted free agent, not this off season, but next off season. So that's huge for them. So are they going to, sign him as a as a restricted free agent and then keep Capella at 22.7 million dollars. Mm. I, I don't know about that. And so that's what I'm really looking at because I think that that's the easiest way for the Mavericks to fix what's going on. Is if they can do some kind of salaries plus a pick plus, you know, whatever for for Clint Capella. I had a couple of trades. I was to say, yeah, I got some too. C- coming up. Let me let me uh give you some of the trades that I did on Friday. You give me some of the trades that you have and, uh, yes. and we'll talk about those coming up. I love trades. All right, Isaac, thanks everybody for hanging out with us. joining the raccoon squad. If you listen five days a week, we appreciate you guys. Tomorrow's show. We'll talk about if the Mavericks can benefit from the Kings, Grizzlies and Clippers playoff exits. Lots of players to talk about with them. Uh, lots of different things. The Clippers could go in any different directions with, with Ooh. players. They've got a bunch of, Guys, we'll talk about that uh, 
tomorrow. We've got a couple of trades. We're, we've been talking about the Atlanta Hawks. They have this this huge the huge amount of salaries, and they got to make some kind of moves because I don't think they're good enough for a hundred and seventy million dollar payroll next year. Uh, not even considering what their you know their two year like repeater tax thing could be. And so, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter are the two players that stand out to me the most. What kind of trades did, did you put together? Yeah, I had some centered around um, Capella, John Collins. Bogdan, like the thing with, with Dallas, you got to look at is saying, all right, what, what expiring contracts do they have starting, you know, going into next year, you look at in the big thing for them is the, the guaranteed money for Bertons and, and Reggie Bullock yeah. to where, you know, they got to make a decision basically by the end of June on, on Bullock to where, you know, if they keep him on the roster. He's basically going to be a $10 million expiring contract next year. I ex- expect him to be on the roster. Then with, then with Bertons, he has this deal, you know, at that 17 mark, but there's a certain percentage of his games that if he doesn't hit that, then he's only like $5 million guaranteed for the next season. So kind of like a semi expiring deal in a way. So if Atlanta's looking at some of their contracts, new front office, new head coach, and let's just say, I mean, this even goes with like the, if they trade Trey young and they want to go backwards a little bit and they're like, can we get off some long-term money yeah. and look at the contracts of Reggie, Reggie Bullock, Davis Bertans. And let's say, if you want to make it even bigger, you could include Tim Hardaway, the 10th overall pick in that. And that's where you can look into it and say, all right, could you include all four of those for Deandre Hunter and Clint Capella? If the Hawks wanted to look at, and like with the 10th pick it's Tim Bertans, Reggie, in the 10th pick for DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella. Could could you do all four of those 10 Bertons, Reggie, and 10 for Bogdan, Capella, and 15? So mm. you sw- you're swapping out Bogdan for Tim. No. Short, shorter. <laughs> what? I don't think that, that, that one's me. If they're just flipping picks, I don't think so. you got to give some value to well, the Hawks. Th- the thing about it is you're getting off the long-term money of Bogdan. Yeah. Like, if you're wanting to shed you know some money – and then Capella, you're you know moving up ten spots, all that. And then, like, how desperate are they to move John Collins? And if you're Dallas, okay, let me let me ask you this: <laughs> If you're Dallas, would you trade Bertans, Javelle, and ten for John Collins? No. Okay. Not at all. No, I, J- John Collins is is in a similar situation as as Christian Wood was, right? Like there, there's I don't sim- know, man. I, he's better than Christian Wood. Here's what he's, I think. I am not the John correct, Collins like correct, I'm not Correct? He's making more than him though. He's making 25 next year, no, 26 the year Christian after Wood. that, and 26 the year after that. So, yes, he he is a better player than Christian Wood, sure, but he's making so much more. And the, yes. we know that they've been shopping him for like 2-3 years now. <laughs> Right, like they've been chopping him for a while and haven't been able to move him. So that's why I say he's the same in the same boat as Christian Wood. Is that their teams tried to shop him, you can't move him because it's a hard player to try and, and fit next to somebody because you have to have somebody that def- defends the rim and you have to have a playmaker to set him up. Like he, it's a weird no, fit I, for I, him somewhere in, in the NBA. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, so no, keep going. Like and the Mavericks just tried that type of player with Christian Wood and I get it. Okay, in a, yeah, in a bad way. I'm not the biggest John Collins fan, so I'm agreeing with everything. <laughs> You're defending you said. him though, so it sounds like you are. I was defending him a little bit because I've, I do feel like the pendulum swung a little too far. Of I still think he is a talented player in a, in, a, in a vacuum, but yeah, sure. But I, his, in his vacuum, is, is making twenty five million dollars next in year. His like, <laughs> um, in his bag. In his vacuum bag. 
I would love in a perfect world though. I would love for them to entertain if they could pull off some type of deal with the 10th pick salaries for Deandre Hunter. That would be ideal for me. That one's that one's great. He's making 20 million, 21, 23, 25 the next 4 years, all guaranteed. And so that's like a, a way that they can move off of some salary. You mentioned Bogdanovich, another one. Those are big. Could they do some kind of instead of DeAndre Hunter? This is the one that probably will happen is a is a Collins Capella for Tim Davis. Maybe uh either JaVale or, or Reggie like to make the rest of the salaries work and a first. Would you do that? Cause then, cause then and you're a take, first, no. Cause then you're taking some of their set there. You're taking their salary back and their, you know, air quotes, dead weight with John Collins and Capella. So you move all that. They become a different team, which I, I wonder part of this is what does Quinn Snyder want them to be? Like, does, can he see, all right, we can just play Hunter at four. We can do some of what we did in, in Utah with, you know, with, but, the, but make it mobile with a Kongwu at center, hmm. have these, have these big and be more of a, like a mobile moving team instead of like a plotting center in Capella and, and John Collins as, as like a, as like a traditional four and all that kind of stuff. I got one for you. If they trade Trey and they really just blow it up this summer and the Mavericks landed at three or four in the draft, would you, would you trade that for DeJounte? Three or four, the, th- the third or fourth pick in the draft for DeJounte Murray. He, he, $18 million expiring next year. So you're doing another, yeah. you're doing a Kyrie thing again, but he's 27, which is older than you think he is. He was in San Antonio for a while. Um, so he's coming up on a deal. I don't, I don't know if I want to pay DeJounte the type of money he wants to, to make. I know. That's, cause that's the, cause yes, you, you do it straight. I think I would do it straight up. Like the fourth pick for him, fourth pick. How many, what percentage of the time becomes an all-star type player? And he is an all-star and type player. And him with Kyrie and, Luca would be fun, although he's not he, the best three-point shooter. But he's also an interesting personality that had some weird things in San Antonio and all kinds of things. So who knows what the mix of like Kyrie and Dejounte could could prove? Um, but yeah, that that's an interesting one. So that's the Bucks. That's the Hawks. Let us know in the comment section who you would want to trade for. Uh, what trade target would you want to? Let's talk about some of this uh, news recently. Mark Stein had a report in his great newsletter. It's a must subscribe for all Mavericks fans. You'll get this stuff in your inbox. Uh, we highly recommend it. Former head coaches James Borrego and Jeff Hornacek are among the expected top targets for the opening Dallas has created to uh, in its bench to bolster Jason Kidd's coaching staff. He also mentioned that Frank Vogel is currently focused on a return as a head coach. So, doesn't seem like he's going to be somebody that the Mavericks will uh, get to talk to about this position. Or they have already, and they've heard back from him that he's like, hey, I want to be a head coach uh, for the Bucks and, and not and not uh, assistant coach for the for the Mavericks. He also mentioned Terry Stotts could emerge as a, a Mavericks uh-huh. candidate. Um, thoughts? I got, I got just written down some of the, some of the stuff about Borrego and Hornacek. Borrego was a, has been a coach in the NBA for 13 years. He was an assistant. For the New Orleans Hornets back in like 2010, uh, Magic, where he was the interim head coach in 2014, and then the Spurs, he was an assistant for three years. So you know, Pop Tree and all that stuff that people yeah. have talked about. He was a head coach for the Charlotte Hornets for a couple of years there, including uh, 2022, where they lost to the Hawks in the play-in pretty badly, and that was the end of that for him. It seemed like he always got pretty good reception and did pretty well with that group, considering how they well they did this year. Uh, Hornacek. 
has been uh, in coaching for 13 years, obviously a, a player for a long time in the NBA, assistant coach for the Jazz, and then most recently the Rockets <laughs> from 2020 to th- this most recent season with uh, with uh, Steven Silas. Hornacek was a head coach for the Suns for three seasons in uh, 2013 to 16. That was that Drogic Bledsoe team that won 48 games the year after they won 25. Like they overachieved like crazy that season. He was the head coach of that team. He was also the head coach of the Knicks for two years, and they were not good. And then he got fired, as all Knicks coaches end up doing. Terry Stotts, we've mentioned him a lot. He's he was he's been in coaching for 27 years. He's been around yeah. for a long time. He was an assistant for the Seattle SuperSonics <laughs> back then. The Bucks. The Warriors, he was an assistant on the Mavericks team that won in 2011 with Rick Carlisle. Jason Kidd was on that team, obviously, so he's got a connection there. Uh, he played for for Terry Stotts, and Terry Stotts was most recently a head coach for the Blazers back in 2021, so he, has, he hasn't been in coaching for a couple of years. So those are the options they're looking at. Uh, he also mentioned that Paul Silas um, is looking to be Steven. part of uh, – yeah, I, did, I, I thought about that twice when I said his name earlier. Steven Silas is uh, thought to be joining Boston's um, – Boston's bench to be an assistant there for them. But of these assistant coaches, who are you looking at? And who do you want to bring to the Mavericks to replace Greg St. Jean? Yeah, I'd still want Frank Vogel if, if it was possible. But, you know, Stein said that he's looking at, you know, head coaching spots that he interviewed for that Houston spot yeah. that Adoka, you know, ended up getting. Uh, man, it would be nice to bring Vogel in. But, yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, the nostalgia says Terry Stotts. Uh, he does love Katie Trell. Uh, ran into him coming off Katie trail uh, <laughs> when the Portland was, uh, when Portland was in town w- one time. And uh, he's like, man, every time I come back to Dallas, I just got, I got to hit up Katie trail. Cause I just, I love Dallas. And uh, <laughs> so it'd be cool. You know, there's a ton of experience. Like that's the, like it all makes sense. If you bring in like a Terry Stotts yeah. and it's like, man, all the connections, all the exactly the type of guy you want next to kid. But I'm not opposed to the other guy. I think I'd probably lean Borrego over. I didn't understand the Borrego firing as much in, in Charlotte. Yeah, same. After making the plan, I was like, oh, cool. You made it like a first step, and then he was just out. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, like, want to go off in Victory Park if they hire, you know, Hornacek. <laughs> Terry Stotts brings the most experience. He's obviously been at the Mavericks before. He's been, you know, an assistant coach for a title team. He coached the Blazers team that was was in the playoffs. So if you're looking for somebody with the most experience to join the staff, which is what they set out to do, basically, I think you, you go with Terry Stotts if, if he is interested in that. If I'm just going with a coach, I think I would go with Borrego, too. I, I like the way that he handled young players and all that kind of stuff uh, for the Hornets. So I'm looking at I'm looking at that. Is And maybe if you're looking for somebody that, okay, if Jason Kidd's not the head coach, and you want to move on from somebody, I, I would feel better about Borrego than some of these other names. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the the pop coaching tree. That's one. Second, it's like his only – I don't have his head coaching stuff in front of me. but Just with the Hornets. Yeah, his only head coaching years. stop so far has been that Hornets run there that I wouldn't say it had the best of rosters in the world, but they at least made a play in, and then he was kind of out, so – well, in three, his last three years, they won 23 games, 33 games, and 43 games. And then they lost in the play-in really badly. And then he, they moved on from him. And didn't they, go, they went back to and they went back to Steve Clifford. Back, <laughs> Where did it lead you? Back to me. I want to say that we've seen him at practice. I could Borrego? be wrong. Yeah. Could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure he's been out of practice or two for, for Dallas. But. The Mavericks have, have brought in a bu- – there's been a bunch of coaches that, that walk through practice and – 
um, you know, just every once in a while, like Frank Vogel was there this year. Like you just see some of these coaches and it just happens, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's, there's no really like rumor or anything behind it. They're just there to visit and see like Miles Turner practicing. In- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. Let us know in the comment section. Who do you, who would you want as an assistant coach? Uh, they're just trying to bring some experience to the staff, which I think is the right move. So I'm yes. glad that they're doing this. Glad that they did it in the front office with Dennis Lindsay and all that kind of stuff. Guys, uh, tomorrow, again, we'll be back talking about the other exits from the other teams. The Kings lost in seven. The Grizzlies lost in dramatic fashion as they do everything. And the Clippers, what are they going to do? Can the Mavericks take advantage of it? Talk about all those tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.